apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage, and equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finns, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Onofrio, and... Before we get we get into it, Tector just sent us a comment. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you too, Hector. And so we always thank Hector, Hector, our most loyal listener. So we definitely thank you for listening, and uh, definitely we definitely we definitely want you to continue to listen. But before we get into week six to eighteen, we got to get into the big story, not only in the sport in the sports world, but the entire in the entire world. And that was Monday night with Demar Hamlin, and it was scary. It just was scary. Obviously, the Bengals were beating the bill, were up on the Bills seven to three when T Higgins caught a crossing route, and Demar Hamlin tried tackling him, ended up tackling him, and then collapsed on the field. In my uh, I've been watching football for over almost twenty five almost twenty five years. I have never seen anything like that happen. That was scary. That was just so scary to see him, uh, see him on the ground, uh, being hit, being in car, being get, see him getting carted off by the ambulance. It was just so scary. And uh, and the, 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 obviously the game ended up being suspended. Then r- rightfully so, and then the game ended up being postponed. Rightfully so. And and right now uh, he's still in critical condition, but he is improving. 
which is which which is the good news. But right now, our prayers got to be with Demar Hamlin and 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 for the Bills. The, the, the most important thing for them is, and for the Bills, it's, it, the most important thing for them is is to make sure Demar Hamlin it, it, it makes progress. It, it, it right now, it's just a very very scary situation with Demar Hamlin. Yeah, it was. Um... You know, because we're used to seeing injuries, you know, ACLs, you know, the head and neck stuff. You know, we've, you know, in sports, I've seen some crazy, you know, you know, leg injuries and all that. But yeah, you know, you're never really prepared to see or hear that, you know, somebody on the field's, you know, is getting CPR. And yeah, it was a scary situation. It was something that was, um, yeah, it's something you, you, you're not really ever prepared to see. It was definitely a scary situation. It was, Right thing to do, obviously, to spend that game and all that. Um, yeah, definitely prays out to Demar Hamlin and his and his entire family. Um, you know, everybody there did a good job of handling it, and, and you know, sounds like he's still improving, but you know, still a lot of details. But yeah, it was definitely a scary situation. Um, and yeah, you just hopefully you know things continue to improve for him, and um, you know, and obviously for the Bills, hopefully. It, you know, for the Bills, I guess even the Bengals too, because it just to kind of be on that field. Hopefully, you know, they need it. Hopefully, you know, therapy could help them out, or you know, you know, I know the league was, you know, so hopefully, you know, for everybody involved there, um, yeah, you just hope he gets he gets better. Cause yeah, that's just a situation that you never expect you're gonna ever see happen. Yeah, and I mean, just watching it. I mean, I was I was at work while it happened, and I saw you know a player on the ground, and unfortunately, and the thing is, as a football fan. You're accustomed to see, just seeing this and 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 just and, and and just happening. Just a player is on the ground, he gets carted off, and they and they continue to play. But then I turned on the radio, and it just seemed like the Bills and Bengals. It, it, it looked like the Bills and Bengals were so were, were so upset, were so hurt by what happened. And 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 here in the radio call with Boomer with Kevin with Kevin with Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner, it, it looked like they were not going to resume the game, and they definitely made the right decision of not re- resuming that game. And, and if it was 10, if this was 10, 15 years ago, they probably do resume the game. But the, with with all the knowledge we have with concussions and seeing what happened, I think that was absolutely the right move by the NFL to not resume that game and to postpone that game. And I think it was the right move by ESPN to not even dis- yesterday not even discuss what 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 the further options were for the for this Bills Bengals game because that was not the most important thing at the time. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you put it really well because yeah, you know, at the time. Even yesterday, yeah, it doesn't really matter what happens down the line for those two teams and, and you know, being so late in the season. Yeah, it just kind of, you know, until we, you know, hear good news and hear that, you know, things are improving. Yeah, you know, who cares about the game and, and future? You know, we'll, we'll figure, you know, it's something you figure out at a later time. Yeah, you know, it's something, too, that, yeah, it was right to postpone that the game because, yeah, you know, again, when you see something like that, you know, as a player, you, again, it's such a violent physical sport that you don't, you know, it's tough to ask to go all those guys because they are so human. And, they, you know, again, they're great at, you know, all these pro athletes. Again, they're the top 1% in their sport, but they're still humans. Like that, to see that and to kind of know what was happening there, there's no way that any of those guys could go out there and be affected and, and even just have to go out there and play that game because I know none of them after that probably wanted to go play that game and, and rightfully so. So, yeah, it was, it was it was the right move for the NFL. They probably should have spent it earlier than they, you know, they waited an hour. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I don't think they should have waited an hour. I think that thing yeah. should have been suspended and postponed immediately. But 
you know, but they, but at least they postponed it. At least they postponed it. At least they didn't go back in the field. If they went back in the field, the NFL would have never heard the end of it. No, absolutely not. They, they, they never would have. Cause it, that's, it, it's, that's such a tough position for any type of player. And, you know, even coaching staff, even the trainers, again, even for, for, you know, there's just so much worry. So yeah, I, you know, they're not robots. They're human. So yeah, it was the right move for the NFL to uh, post with that game. Yeah, and for me yesterday, it was tough to even watch highlights of after 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 watching that. It was tough for me to even watch highlights of games, and I usually do that to prep for the show. It took me a little, a little while to even start really preparing for the show and and talking about Week 18 because the most important thing to me was I wanted to know if Demar Hamlin was okay. I wanted to know if he was okay. I really could, I couldn't move forward with what I what I, what, I, what I wanted to do in terms of this show until I knew Demar Hamlin was okay because I didn't think it was appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, I waited, you know, last night, you know, even, you know, because I waited kind of longer last night. I kind of did some of it this morning because, yeah, I, you just don't know what. Yeah, it, it was, you know, a situation where, yeah, it just it, it felt weird to kind of, you know, move ahead and, go you know, yeah, move move ahead to this week until, yeah, we know that he's improving um, that, you know, you know, you know, so, yeah, till we got some good news and that he was improving it was definitely kind of tough to kind of go back and try to watch some stuff from over the weekend. Cause yeah, you just, it, it, it definitely did feel different. It was a little, little weird and you just, you know, and again, yesterday too, you, 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 you know, we're, there's still some questions, you know, uh, about kind of week 18, with you know, with, with, you know, with the um, Cincinnati Ravens game, you just, you know, there was questions about that too, about what, you know, would they push week 18 back or not? So yeah, it was definitely, definitely a little weird this weekend. Yeah. The, kind of felt like yeah until you heard something good it was kind of better to felt like i had to yeah wait wait and see till we got good news now knowing we are a sports show we are going to discuss what we think the plans are going to be and what should the plans be for this bills Bengals game uh going forward and in my opinion for this bills Bengals game i think they should i i think they should play it because i think that it, it does matter and it does it, it does it could decide home field for the bills and, and I think the NFL has the luxury of having that week in between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl. What they really should do is they should play the Bills Bengals game next, finish that Bills Bengals game next week, move the first round, the wild card round, move each round of the playoffs, push each round of the playoffs back. So the wild card round uh, be, be, be like be the 22nd, have the, uh, have the, have the divisional round be the 29th, and then use that extra week in between the, the, uh, the, the Super Bowl and the conference championship games to have the conference championship game. So I do think they should end up playing this Bills Bengals game because it's not like, say the Bills go 12 and three and the Chiefs go 13 and three and the Bills have the tiebreaker. That's not fair to the Bills. And even on the flip side, say, say that the, uh, say that the Ravens beat the Bengals this week, it wouldn't be fair to the, it wouldn't be fair to the Ravens not to have a shot at, at winning the AFC North. So I think personally, it, to say all the games do play in Week 18. Say the say the Ravens and Bengals play. Say the Bills and the uh, and the Patriots play. I do think they should resume this game next week and push the playoffs a week a, a week later. Yeah, I, yeah, um, I agree. I could totally kind of see that happening because yeah, it, it it was really it was a really important game. Um, yeah, because I feel like too nobody again like the the Pro Bowl this year is like a flag football game. Like you know that's something you could really skip. You, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I could totally see it because yeah, it's such a meaningful game. They do have that luxury of kind of that gap there in between the championship games and Super Bowl where you could do it. Because yeah, I know you know it, it, it's tough for 
because, you know, depending on what happens this weekend where, yeah, it's still very possible the Bills could get home field advantage. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting if they, if they do that. But, yeah, I do agree with you that, you know, if it really if it comes down to it, it's still really a meaningful game going down there, you know, the, uh, you know, after kind of weeks after week 18 results or even if they do it before Sunday that, yeah, they should if they could and they want to yeah have that game um, be next week and put the playoffs back. And, and, and here's just one last thing on it is if they do postpone week 18, or it doesn't look like that's going to happen, but if they do postpone week 18 altogether, that is very, very understandable seeing what happened on Monday night. It's going to be tough, not only for the Bills and Bengals players to take the field, but for the entire league to take the field this week. I think it's going to be very, very difficult for every team to take the field this week. So if they do postpone those games, that's very, very understandable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, yeah, right now it kind of sounds like things are a go, but yeah, I think obviously things can change. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it, it totally would be, you know, it's the same thing where you did, you got that luxury that you could push things back a week. Cause yeah, you know, again, there's so many people reaching out. It's just such a scary moment for everybody. And it kind of, you know, takes you back and, you know, for, you know, and kind of, you know, makes you kind of think about it, everything. And yeah, it's just, it's such a tough, um, it's such a tough thing to watch. It was, but yeah, you know, again, it's not, you know, it's not, a, you know, again, you know, there's no, you know, there's no blame for guys, you know, or, or teams or the league kind of saying, let's kind of wait another week to play week 18. Let's kind of, you know, you know, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for, for, you know, photo. if some of the players don't feel comfortable yet being back on that field, it's definitely understandable to push the week back week 18 back and just kind of um, give everybody a little bit more time to kind of, you know, take their time to get back out on that field. Absolutely. 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 So as of, as of now, week 18 is still on the NFL. So we are going to move on to that. And we're going to start with, with the bills and the Patriots this for the Patriots. They are playing for the, they are, if they win this game, they are in the playoffs for the bills. Uh, we don't know their current situation because of that bills Bengals game. But right now the number one seed is still in play for them. And I think this is going to be a very, very emotional. If they, if they, if they do play the game, I think it's gonna be a very, very emotional home game. For both for for both these teams, I could very easily see this being this is going to be a very emotional game uh, for both teams. And I do think if they don't, it, it, we'll see if they decide anything for Week 18. But regardless, I do think the Bills are going to play their starters. I think it's going to be a game where I think that it'll be close early because it means so much to the Patriots. But in the second half, I think the Bills are going to pull away, and I think the Bills are going to are going to win this game. I think it's weird, you know, after everything that's happened on Monday talking about this game, but I think the Bills win this game. 27-17 over the Patriots. But, Justin, can the Pats clinch a playoff spot in Buffalo? I don't think so. I got the Bills 23-16. to 16. You know, the you know, I've kind of said all year, the, it's a mediocre football team. They're You know, again, their defense kind of stepped up last week, how Duggar made a, you know, big pick six there to turn that thing around. Um, you know, again, Mac Jones since the start of November has been better. You know, he's got eight touchdowns, a one interception. He's completing, you know, just about 65% of his passes. So, He's been better, but again, this offense is still just a giant train wreck. Wreck, and um, it, it's been a long year for the offense. And yeah, I, I think you know, with everything going on, wearing out the Bills, um, I think they do come out play inspired. I think they do find a way to win. I think the Patriots do keep it close because it does mean so much, and their season's on the line. But I do think the Bills do pull away, or you know, find a way to win by a touchdown. 
But it is interesting, too, where the Patriots could play the Bills in the first round of the playoffs, depending on what could happen. Um, you know, obviously the Patriots, you know, you know, do have to win the game. But is it something, too, where the Bills don't try to show too much but do still try to win the game? Um, so I got the Bills winning this thing by a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, this should be. This is a game that's going to be very, very emotional. Very, very. It's going to be a very emotional day in Buffalo on Sunday between these two teams. But we'll move on to the Saturday games, and we'll start with the Chiefs and the Raiders. Chiefs, obviously, the number one seed is in play for them. The Raiders, their season is over. So I think this is going to be a uh, a, a really, really close. And, and Hector brought up a scenario: if they play Week 18 and Buffalo and Kansas City wins, could the Chiefs forfeit? Uh, could the Chiefs forfeit the number one seed to Buffalo if they don't resume the Bills Bengals game? Just a wild thought. <laughs> that would I don't know if they would. I mean, it, it'd be a weird that that, that that I mean that would be a little weird. It would. It, it might be the right thing to do if 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 you know seeing what happened, the Chiefs just forfeit the number one seed because they both have three losses. It would kind of be the right thing to do, but I don't I I I don't know if that is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think it is a right. It would be the right thing to do, but yeah, it, you know, I don't know if the Chiefs would just kind of forfeit that. I think you know, for the Chiefs, you know, because again, they, you know, everybody's looking looking to win the Super Bowl. I think it'd be a tough thing for the Chiefs to kind of forfeit that. But yeah, I think it would be the right thing to do. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if the Chiefs would get, give up that pick or the, that spot if, if they had it. Yeah, back to the Chiefs Raiders game. I think that the Jared Stidham played pretty well for the Raiders last week. I thought he played a pretty good game. And a, and a, but I think their defense is going to stop Patrick Mahomes. I think the Raiders are going to get in the 30s, and I do think Stidham is going to make a couple mistakes just like he did last week. And that's why I got the Raiders beating the Chiefs, Chiefs beating the Raiders 31 to 20. But Justin, can the Raiders spoil the Chiefs' hopes to get home field advantage? I don't think so. I got the Chiefs 20 to 21. Um, yeah, they, you know, Vegas. You know, that was a totally different offense. They had, you know, Jarrett Simmons, Stenham rolling out, uh, making some plays. That offense just looked a lot different than it has all year in the car. Um, you know, so I think, yeah, Stenham against that Chiefs defense makes a couple plays. The Chiefs defense hasn't looked good. Chiefs in a hole, you know, I know their offense looked good, but last couple of weeks I haven't been too impressed. They let the Broncos hang, hang around last week. Uh, I think the Chiefs do find a way to win this game. Um, and they and the Raiders, you know, can't uh, can't try to spoil their spot for the one one seed. We got the a matchup in Jacksonville for the AFC South as the Titans take on the Jaguars, but I'm definitely taking the team that's playing a lot better right now, and that's the Jaguars. I think uh, Trevor Lawrence has a has a pretty good game, throws a couple touchdown passes. I think the the Titans defense contains ETN, but the problem is their offense is absolutely terrible. I think Josh Jobs throws two or three interceptions, and I think the Jags win this game, and I think they win the AFC South. By two scores, I got them winning twenty-seven to thirteen on Saturday night. But Justin, can the Titans win the NFC South for the third year in a row? Now I get the Jags as well, twenty-one to seventeen. Um, yeah, I think for the Jags, yeah, they've been they've been playing pretty well the last couple weeks. The Titans, it's just a lot of injury luck. They had to sign Josh Dobbs off the street, and that you know doesn't look good with with Willis. If, you know they, they're trying to lean on Josh Dobbs here, try to get him back in the playoffs. Um, you know, the Titans, are, they're going to need a defensive touchdown, a special team touchdown to try to win this game. You know, the Jack can kind of just not turn the ball over in this one. I think they should be able to find a way. Lawrence has been playing better. I think they do find a way to uh, find a way to win the AFC South. We got a big matchup 
in Miami as the Dolphins are playing the Jets. The Dolphins need the Patriots to lose to get the final playoff spot in the AFC. And it looks like we're going to get Mike White against Skylar Thompson in this matchup. It looks like the Teddy Bridgewater and Tua are not going to play for the Dolphins, so it's going to be Mike White against Skylar Thompson. And I think this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a really really competitive game between these two teams. I think both offenses are going to struggle, but I'm going to take the team. That, I mean, neither team is playing well at all. But because both both these teams are going into the game on a five game losing streak, so something's got to give on Sunday. But I'm going to go with the home team here. I'm going to go with the Dolphins to beat the Jets twenty to seventeen. But Justin can the Jets end the Dolphins season? No, I get the Dolphins as well. Twenty sixteen. I, I think that at home they find a way. I think Scott Thompson plays well enough. I think the Dolphins, you know, because they've been good against a run. I think they do enough to slow down the Jets. Um, rushing game they didn't really run it well at all against seattle last week um and i, I think yeah both teams right now are not playing well i don't trust either of these teams but i'll take miami to find a way at, at home um you know mike white didn't look good either last week i know you got to stick with them at this point but um i thought miami again miami kind of just kind of some self-inflicted wounds last week and i think they you know um hurt them against the patriots i think this week they um you know, with Thompson, they they find a way to win this one. We got another big matchup in the AFC as the Browns travel to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. The Steelers need the Patriots and the Dolphins to lose to get into the playoffs. I think this is a close competitive game against Deshaun Watson, but I think that this Steelers defense, the Steelers, Kenny Pickett doesn't turn the ball over. They get the running game going with Najee Harris, and I do think they force Watson to turn the ball over a couple times, and that's why I got the Steelers have – uh, keeping their, I don't think I, I keep Mike Tomlin will still not have a losing season, and I think he keeps the streak alive. I got the Steelers beating the Browns twenty to sixteen. But Justin, can the can the Browns end the Steelers season? Now I got the Steelers seventeen to thirteen. Yeah, you know Pittsburgh has found a way the last couple of weeks, you know, to kind of stay alive. Um, a couple of late late touchdown drives against the Ravens and the Raiders. Um, last two weeks. Yeah, you know, Cleveland last week, they capitalized a couple of turnovers. Watson didn't look great. They hit on a couple of big plays for some touchdowns. Um, you know, but, I, yeah, I, you know, I think Kenny Pickett makes enough plays. I think field position is going to be huge in this one. Um, it, you know, so special teams, you know, punt and all that's going to be a big factor. I'll take the Steelers team to um, find a way with Pickett, with Harris, to do enough offensively um, against a Browns defense that, you know, isn't great. It hasn't, you know, hasn't really lived up to expectations all year. Pittsburgh finds a way at home to uh, get the win. All righty, so we got a, we got the Eagles trying to get home field advantage in, the, in, the, in throughout the playoffs and uh, trying to win the NFC East. It's their second, third week in a row they're trying to win the NFC East as they face the Giants, who clinched a playoff spot last week. The big question for the Giants is: Are they going to play their starters against the Eagles? I think Dayball plays them for a little while. But once the Eagles, because there's a couple guys I don't think are going to play. I don't think Leonard Williams is going to play. I don't think Dory Jackson is going to play. But I think once the Eagles start building a lead, I think the uh, Dayball is going to start pulling these guys. That's why I think the Eagles win this game and end up winning this game big because Jalen Hurts should be back for the Eagles this week. I got the Eagles clinching the number one seed and the NFC East, beating the Giants 31-13. to But, Justin, can the Giants spoil the Eagles clinching the number one seed and clinching the division? I got the Eagles as well, 24 to 14. Yeah, you know, Hurts coming back, you know, um, you know, sounds like 
So I, I think the Eagles, you know, that last week did not play well at all. They still had some chances late there before the um, Menchu interception. But um, for the Giants to win this game, you know, again, the Saints got six sacks on them. They pressured them tw- uh, and they pressured Menchu 12 times. They're going to have to do that this week. Um, you know, Thibodeau's kind of, you know, has played really well the last couple weeks. They're going to need him to play well. And they're just going to have to kind of play keep away from this Eagles offense. But I just think it's too tough a task. I think the Eagles, you know, they didn't play well last week. I think this week they come out motivated, trying to get that one, trying to wrap up that one seed, and for, you know for home field advantage. So I think the Eagles at home do find a way to, to knock off the Giants. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. It's, it, I, I think they, they, the Eagles definitely come ready to play this week and win this game. The big question for the Giants though is, is do you, what do you do with your starters? What do you do with your starters? And, and as I said earlier, I think that. Dayball, uh, I could see it both going both ways. I could see them playing, going all out to win this game and seeing where they measure up at the Eagles. Because say they lose a competitive game, that's momentum going into the playoffs. I think if they lose a competitive game against the Eagles, that could be momentum going into the playoffs. But I also could see the fact that we've worked so hard this year to get this playoff spot. We earn, we've earned the right to rest our guy. So I could see it ha- happening both ways for the Giants this week. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, because I, I think for the Giants, we know if they've been banged up all year, you know, do you really want to risk somebody big like a Daniel Jones to get hurt next, you know, on Sunday, you know, I know Tyrod's a cable backup, but Jones, you know, especially last week played really well. Um, So, yeah, I I think it's tough, but yeah, you you do want to go out there. You do want to kind of see, especially from the first meeting where the Eagles kind of just embarrass you in your home field that, you know, I bet some of those guys do want some revenge and would love to try to, you know, knock off the Eagles and uh, take away that home field advantage from, but yeah, it, it does go with, you know, the risk losing a couple of guys, you know, for the playoffs. As you mentioned, it's the Giants really have surprised everybody this year. Um, that Hector's comment, you know, I think the think the um, you know the Giants should um, limit their starters play, but give them some time time on the field like preseason. That wouldn't be a bad thing either. Just playing for like a quarter, or a year and a half, and then kind of just see where you're at at that point and, and kind of rest up for next week. Yeah, I definitely could see. I definitely could see them. Yeah, limit the time, limit the starters' time, give them a, like, a couple series, and then play it like it's preseason. I definitely could see that happening. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that's the worst thing in the worst thing in the world for the Giants. At least give them some reps, you know, especially the first team, and then see what maybe some of your um, reserves could do. All, you know, maybe they, you know, somebody can find a find a spark or, or something that um, you could use in the playoffs. So yeah, it wouldn't be bad to kind of treat it like a you know preseason game either. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to stay in the NFC East. The Cowboys travel to D.C. to face the Commanders, and I don't think this is going to be a game. The Cowboys need the Giants to to lose to win the division. They need to win, and they need the Giants to lose for them to win the division, and then they they would get the one, the number one, or the number two seed. If they all the only the way the Cowboys get the one seed is they need they need the giant they need the Giants to beat the Eagles and they need the Cardinals to beat the 49ers. So their chances to get the number one seed are very slim, but to get the two seed. They all, all they all they'll need is a win over the Commanders and then a Giants win over the Eagles. So I think this game is gonna I think this game is gonna be a blowout. I think the Cowboys win this game big. Washington does not know what they're doing at the quarterback position as you saw last week. Carson Wentz was absolutely terrible. They're gonna bench him this week. They're gonna start Taylor Heineke, but they're gonna uh, you know they're they're gonna bring Sam Howell in at, at some point during the game. Washington has no idea what they're doing at the quarterback position at all. That's why this game is gonna be a blowout. There's, there will be more Cowboy fans at FedEx Field than Commanders fans. I got the Cowboys win to 31-10 to 10 over the Commanders. Justin, can the Commanders spoil the Cowboys' chance to get the number to get to win the division? 
I don't think so. I got the I got the Cowboy one 23-17. I have it closer, you know, the line was at four, but now it's already spiked off to six and a half. I saw oh, yeah, yeah. one of those things. That, like, yeah, yeah. Something kind of feels off. Um, but, yeah, I, the, the, the Washington right now, Rivera didn't even know how, you know, that they could have been eliminated. Like, it's just a total mess right now. Why don't you just start Sam Howell the entire game? Just see what he's got at this point. I don't, I don't see the point going back to Heineke. Um, but I, I could see Dallas. You know, Dak hasn't looked great. You know, he's made some bad interceptions. Um, you know, if, if Washington gets some pressure on him, I, I you know, me Washington keep, can keep this thing interesting. You know, at home. But I, I think Dallas just has a little bit too much. I think you know Pollard, Elliott, you know, have a good game on the ground. They do enough. They're, you know, and Washington's offense, you know, maybe has a good driver too, but um, they're just – I don't see them keeping up with Dallas' offense. No, no, no. They, they, they definitely won't. Now we'll go to the big games in the NFC this this week, and we'll start with the Rams and the Seahawks. That game will be going, that game will be going on at 425. Uh, I think this is going to be a really competitive game. I know the Rams are 5-11, and 11, but I'm going to tell you one thing. I think Sean McVay will have his team ready to play this game, and he will have his team competing in this game because they are, they are not, this is a division rival, and they are not going to let Seattle walk into the playoffs. This will, be, this will be contested, and I think this is a close competitive game, but I got to take the team that's more healthy, and I got to take the team that has more to play for, and I do think Geno Smith will make less mistakes than Baker Mayfield. I got the Seahawks beating the Rams 24-17 to to have them – Staying alive and uh, staying alive and, and uh, going into that Sunday night game, but Justin can the Rams end the Seahawks season? Uh, I get I get Seattle twenty one to fourteen. You know Baker's played well. You know I, I think you know if he can't find a spot next year, I think it'd be smart for the Rams to just bring him back as a backup. He's not a bad wouldn't be a bad option for him. Um, you know Seattle losing Brooks on defense on the defense side of the ball linebacker. He's had a pretty good year. You know that that could be a tough one. The Rams can protect Baker. You know they ran for over 170 yards last time in this meeting. You know maybe they they kind of control the game on the ground um, and, and pull off the upset. But yeah, the Rams I just I didn't feel like showed up last week. I know they absolutely torched the Broncos on Christmas Day. That that was a surprising one. Uh, but I, I think Seattle finds a way this week. They played well. Their defense kind of seems like it's starting to play a little bit better the last couple of weeks. But um, I, I at home in front of the 12th man. I got Seattle finding a way to to uh, to try to you know find a way to win eight, um, try to go nine eight. So we got the big 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 game on a, on on a Sunday Night Football. Uh, I think the Lions kind of got screwed here. That that this game yeah. might not matter to them. I think they're completely screwed because if the Seahawks win, the game doesn't matter to them. But so 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 uh, Jared Goff's gonna be a big fan of his former team on at four twenty five on Sunday. But we got the Sunday night game between the Lions and Packers. I think this game is going to be really competitive, going to be really close. But the difference is, is I think the Packers are going to run the ball a little bit better. I think both teams are going to run the ball well on Sunday night. But I think the Packers are going to run it a little bit better. I think that's been a big reason why they've been able to go on this winning streak is the way they've been able to run the ball with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. It's made life easier for Aaron Rodgers. And, and I do think that Jared Goff, he hasn't played as well on the road as he has at home. I think he's going to make some big mistakes. In the, make some, I think he's going to make some mistakes in this game, especially late. And that's why I got the Packers getting the seventh seed in the, in the NFC and getting to the playoffs, beating the Lions 28-24. to But, Justin, can the Lions knock out the Packers and possibly get into the playoffs? No, I get the uh, Packers as well. I think Sunday night game. Packers are starting to play a little bit better. I'm still, you know, they had four turnovers. They they forced four turnovers last week against the Vikings. 
Um, but yeah, I, I just think the Lions are going to miss the comfort of, of the dome this week. It's not supposed to be as cold as I maybe thought it would be, you know, for a Sunday night game at Green Bay. I think it's, you know, the high in Sundays will be like 34. I think it's getting like the low twenties, but, um, so yeah, I think, you know, the Lions do keep this thing interesting, but like last time Green Bay, Rodgers had three interceptions in the red zone. Like they moved the ball last time against them. I think they can do the same this week, but you know, Again, I, I just can't see Rodgers throwing three interceptions gets the line yet again. I think he pulls it out. I can't see Rodgers in a must-win game to lose to the Lions. He's owned the division. I know it's been a rough year for him, but he's absolutely owned everybody in that division. I, I don't think it's any different Sunday night. I think the Packers won 27-21. So now uh, we'll go over what we got for seedings in the NFC. So for me, I got the Eagles, the number one seed. Secrets out. Yes, we haven't picked the 49er game yet, but I got the 49ers finishing as the number two. The Vikings, I know we have done haven't done the Vikings yet, but see, but I got the Vikings finishing the three, the Bucks the four, the Cowboys the five, the Giants the six, and the Packers the seven. Yeah, I think I'm yeah, mine are kind of totally same as you. Um yeah, with Eagles one, you know, um Niners two, Vikings three, Pat Puck, Bucks at the four, um, then at, at five Dallas. And um, six, um, so I would have the um, six the is the Giants, Giants, and then seven the Packers. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I guess yeah, same same as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks like yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much what's probably going to happen. Pretty much everybody is pretty much locked in their seeds outside of the Eagles and Cowboys and whoever the number seven seed is, because the because the 49ers should win this week, so they're pretty much locked into the two. Vikings pretty much locked into the three. Uh, the uh, the Bucks are Bucks and Giants are completely locked into the the, the uh, four and the six. So that's our that that's what we think is going to happen in the NFC playoff picture. AFC playoff picture. We're not going to go there because that's just too confusing right now. So, but 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 for the NFC playoff picture, that's what we think is going to happen. So so it should be interesting to see what happens in the NFC. Should be a fun 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 uh, day, especially at four twenty five. Especially watching that Ram that Ram Seahawks game, I think that Ram Seahawks game is gonna be more competitive, like we said, than, than people think. And I hope the Rams win that game. I don't think they will, but I hope they win that game. So that Packers Lions game is for everything on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, I know you, it's tough for the Lions that 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 game. Should, I, I think that game should that, that, be playing at the same time. Yeah, and, absolutely. That's absolutely should be played at the same time. I'm telling you, if I'm Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. I am so upset that I got to do. I got to do. You know, Cowboys commanders with the commanders not knowing any, who they're going to play at quarterback versus a game that could determine who makes the playoffs. So if I'm if I'm those two, I am really upset right now. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's 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 oh yeah, because that Cowboys yeah commanders game really doesn't mean much at all. It's yeah because the Lions you know again, there's not too many games where you know final week of the year they're they're playing for it's not usually meaningful for them. Or, you know, if it is, it's usually, you know, for a top three pick or something like that. So, yeah, you know, Lions, it, it definitely got the raw in there. Um, I know there wasn't – there's not too many more. You know, I know you got, like, the tight jags, but that doesn't really – I know it's for a division, but it doesn't really move the needle much, I feel like. So, yeah, it's a tough one. It, it should be an exciting week, um, 18. And, you know, I know really not uh, – you know, like we got one division bat – or one kind of for the division tight the jags. Um, you got one of those – Saturday night, but yeah, still kind of a lot, lot to play for for teams for seeding and, and just to try to get in the get in the playoffs. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So now we're going to get to some of the meaningless games in Week 17. We'll quickly go through those, but we'll start with the race for the number one pick. And if the Texans lose to the Colts this week, 
they get the number one pick in the draft. But with the way the Colts are playing and the way the, with the way the Texans have been playing, the, the, not last week, but the, the, the three weeks previous, I think the Texans win this game. I think they win this game. I think they win it 20 to 13. I think Davis, I think the defense forced a couple turnovers from whoever plays quarterback for the Colts. I think Davis Mills doesn't turn the ball over this week. And I got the Texans winning this game, uh, beating the Colts 20 to 13. What do you got, Justin? I'll take the uh, Colts 23 to 17. Yeah, but both teams don't want to be here. The Colts since that second half, the Vikings game, they've been outscored 97 to 16. Uh, this kind of really comes down to kind of whoever, you know, Tries to, you know, both teams. I, you know, I, I think the Texans pretty much tanked last week for with against the Jags. I think they kind of do the same this week. I, I think they want that number one pick. Um, you know, I, I don't, I think the Colts find a way to um, knock them off. We got the Vikings and the Bears. If the Texans win and the Bears lose, the Bears will wind up in the number one pick. And guess what? They're not playing Justin Fields this week. Nathan Peterman's going to get the start in this game. So I think the Vikings, this will be one of the few games the Vikings win by a lot. I got the Vikings blowing out the Bears, win it 34 to 13. Who do you got, Justin? Yeah, I got the Vikings 27 to 20. But yeah, now with the news of fields, I think this is probably going to be a two-score game at least. I think the Vikings bounce back. They should blow out um, the Bears. That defense for Chicago has been awful. And without fields, you get you, you know you take away that running element that he gives you. Um, I think the Vikings bounce back, and I think the uh, Vikings destroy the Bears this week. We got an NFC South matchup in Atlanta as the Bucks face the Falcons. And I think the Bucs are doing the right thing this week playing their starters. They they did not earn the right to rest their starters. For the season they've had, they've underachieved worse than any team in this league. They have no business resting their starters this week. And I'm happy that, that the that Todd Bowles is playing his starters. And that's why I think they win this game. I don't think they blow out the Falcons, but they win the game. I got them to win at 27-19 this week. Justin, who you got? I got Atlanta 20-16. to 16. I think, you know... I know he is, but I wouldn't be shocked if he maybe pulls him the second half or something. Um, I, I think Ritter finds a way to um, make enough plays. You know, Tyler Algier has been running the ball really well. Him and Patterson, I think, do enough on the ground. Um, Atlanta's played hard, you know, all year. They've been competitive in a lot of games. Uh, and I, I think Atlanta, they, they find a way this week to um, knock off Tampa Bay because, yeah, they, they, again, you know, Carolina, I thought, you know, again, if they could guard Mike Evans, had a real shot to win that game last week. So, yeah, Tampa had really underachieved all season. I think Atlanta finds a way to knock them off. We got probably the most meaningless game in week 18 between the Panthers and the Saints. And I think this is a close competitive game between the two teams. But I think the difference is, is that the, Pan- the Saints will run the ball more and, and, and Darnold will make more mistakes than Andy Dalton. And that's why I got the Saints finishing the year with a four-game winning streak and winning this one, I got the Saints over the Panthers, twenty-four to twenty. Justin, who you got? I got the Panthers, uh, twenty to fourteen. You know, I think you know Panthers. I think they they've you know both teams have been playing you know better down the stretch. Darnold's played well, eight touchdowns, one interception. I think he does enough in this one. I think you know the the Saints' passion rush is going to get Darnold, but I think he makes enough plays this week. I think they find a way to knock off New Orleans. We got the Chargers traveling to Denver to face the Broncos. And for the Chargers, they're still trying to get that number five seed. And that's why I think they win this game and win it by two scores. I think Herbert throws a couple touchdown passes. I think they force a turnover or two from Russell Wilson. This disastrous season ends for the Broncos with a double-digit loss to the Chargers. Justin, I, I think you got the same. I get Chargers 21-17. Denver played hard last week, you know, after firing their coach. So I, I think Denver – you know, yet again, plays hard this week. I think, you know, they'll keep it competitive. Um, I think Herbert and company do enough offensively. 
they find a way. But um, I think Denver keeps it competitive for 60 minutes. We'll wrap up talking about the Cardinals and the Niners, and I think this is an easy game. I don't think it'll be a game. It'll be the game the Niners had last week. If the Niners got a little bit of a wake up call last week, they came kind of came out flat in Vegas. Their defense had probably had one of the worst games of the season against Jared Stidham. I don't think that happens this week. I think that the Niners' defense is, has a really good game. I think the Cardinals are mailing it in. That's why I got the Niners clinching the number two seed and winning this one 34 to ten. Justin, I assume you got the same. Yeah, I got twenty four to ten on uh, Niners this week. Yeah, the defense kind of you know. Struggled a little bit last week. I know there wasn't too much film there at Stidham. Um, but, yeah, you know, the Niners D last week, um, you know, was surprising how poorly they played against the Raiders. You know, Arizona fired the last six games. They haven't gotten out of the teens and points. So, I, I think they're going to struggle offensively yet again this week. It's been a long year. Probably the final week we will see Cliff Kingbury yes. and NFL sidelines. Thank God. So. Thank God. You're probably happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I, I think Arizona fans should be happy as well because – I think they got they got they got a, a lot of talent on that offensive side of the ball, and he's not getting the most out of them. Um, it's been a long couple of years for Cardinals fans, and yeah, I think this I think this is the end for uh, Cliff, and he'll probably be back in college somewhere next year. Maybe you know, maybe he's in OC at the NFL, but probably at the college level, so we'll pick him up. Yeah, so we, and we got a comment from Hector. Good Niners winning streak hurt them in the playoffs. In your opinion, no, I don't think it hurts them at all in the playoffs. I think they, I think they ride this momentum. And I think, I think they get to Arizona. They're my favorite to get to the Super Bowl right now in the NFC. Yeah, right now, I, I with the way the Eagles have been playing, like last week they didn't look good. I know Hurts has been out, but yeah, if you can give me a healthy Debo Samuel, which sounds like he'll be back for the playoffs, and and if Jimmy G can come back, you know, you know, for the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I, right now with that defense, I I would have to take them to go to um go to the Super Bowl. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we got the national championship game on Monday night, but before we talk about that, we are going to hear from our friend. We're going to hear from our friends at uh, uh, JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger invest. There's no bigger. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. 
What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, we got the national championship game Monday night. Uh, one of our representatives, we definitely expected to be here in the Georgia Bulldogs. The other one, we did not expect at all to be here in the TCU Horn Frogs, who were picked for seventh in the Big 12 in the preseason. But this team has had the dream season. I mean, they, they've done a great job making second half comebacks in the during the Big 12 and the, during, the, during the regular season of the Big 12. And then they came out against Michigan. They came out to that hot start against Michigan, got up 21 to three. And the thing about that game against Michigan, whenever Michigan came back, they always had an answer with a big play. Quentin Johnson had two huge big, had two big plays against them when it was 28 23. And when Michigan cl- sh- uh, cut the lead to 41 to 38, Quentin Johnson had two huge plays. One of them went for a touchdown. So, and so th- this game is going to be it, it's pretty much David versus Goliath. The, you know, George is a 12 point favorite in this game. It's da- I think it's a little bit disrespectful to TCU that George is a 12 and a half point favorite, but that, that's what it is. So I think I think this is going to be it's going to be a really really exciting game. Justin, your opening your early thoughts on this game? Yeah, you know TCU as you mentioned, it's been the Cinderella story to start the year. You know they were 201 odds to win to uh to Vegas to win the title. So it's been uh. Definitely been a you know year for TCU that, that they didn't you know nobody really expected from them. Um, Sonny Dykes has done an unbelievable job. The team that was five and seven last year really took off this offense. Yeah, Georgia's on this um, looking for you know has had a remarkable season yet again. Um, they fought back. You know TCU um, or for Georgia, yeah they they fought back against um, Ohio State. They kind of looked like they were in trouble there in the fourth quarter. They uh, found a way. You know. Down in Atlanta, it was pretty much a home game for them. They found a way to win the game. Yeah, you know, it's I'm with you. I think, thir- you know, it opened 13 and a half. It's already down to 12 and a half. So, yeah, it's a little bit disrespectful to, for TCU because um, it's a team that, again, all year is kind of just playing with house money. And um, they, it's been a great story. And it's been good for college football that we had the two really good semifinal games. And it's good that we have a representative like TCU in the national championship game. Oh, yeah, I think that's really good for college football. I think, you know, a lot of people were getting tired of, you know, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma. I think this is really good for college football that we got a team like TCU playing for a national title. Yeah, absolutely. It is because, yeah, it's something we haven't had in a while um, for a team like TCU to kind of be here, um, you know, because it's always kind of the same. Yeah, as you mentioned, like, you know, five, six teams, you think, you know, somehow get there. But yeah, now we have a TCU team that you know was you met, was picked seventh of the conference. Somebody had them picked the even the finish behind Kansas, which is you know crazy, you know. So Kansas you know, almost like, beat them, and when they were both they were did. five and zero, oh. I remember that game. Yeah, yeah, they did. You know, Johnson another big play in that one to uh, help them escape Lawrence. But yeah, it, it, it's been a remarkable year for TCU. It's been great for the sport, and um, you know, it's a team that's just been playing with house money all year, and you know, it, it, it's been. They've been fun to watch all season. So now we'll go to the keys to the game. And for TCU to win the game, we'll give our three keys. In, and I'll start. Number one, they need to get Quentin Johnson involved. If they can't get Quentin Johnson involved, I think they're going to have trouble winning this game because they don't have the depth at receiver like Ohio State did to, st- to, to hang with Georgia. They don't Really, Quentin Johnson 
is Johnston is by far their best receiver. So they're definitely going to have to get him involved. They got him involved in that game against Michigan in the second half, and he had two humongous plays. And, and, and they both were, just like I mentioned earlier, they both were when, when Michigan was coming back. So they're definitely going to have to get Quentin Johnson into the game. Second, they're going to need to contain the running game of Georgia and force Stenson Bennett to beat them. They're going to have to force it. I know Stenson Bennett has played really, really well, but you could argue that Max Duggan is, is as good or better than Stenson Bennett. So if they could force Stenson Bennett to beat them, maybe force a couple turnovers like they did with J.J. McCarthy, that's really, really going to help them in the game. And number three, they need to run the ball. I know it's very difficult to run the ball against Georgia, probably one of the most difficult teams in the country to run the football against. But with if, if Miller doesn't play, DeMarcado is going to have to run the ball. He did run the ball against Michigan. We all know that big run he had. Oh, in, in that Michigan game, almost went for a touchdown. So, so if Miller doesn't play, DeMarcado is going to run, have to run, be able to run the ball. So those are my three keys for TCU. Justin, what are your three keys for TCU? My three keys, number one, is um, that that front seven of, of TCU, you know, and, and especially D winners and Dylan Horter, um, Horton. You know, they, they got to continue to create havoc. They did it last week. You know, Winters, last week he had that pick six. He had multiple tackles for losses. You know, Horton had three sacks last week, and he forced a fumble. And now in that first drive, you know, after that long um, scramble McCarthy had, he was the one that kind of knocked him out of bounds and forced that fourth and goal there. Um, you know, they, those two have to play well in this one. They they got to, um, you know, get in sets in Bennett's face. They, you know, um, if those, you know, if they can create, create some havoc, you know, they put CCU in a good position. My second one is Quinn Johnson's got to win the battle against um, Kellen, um Rango, you know, you know, arguably Johnson's, you know, you could put as a number one wide receiver prospect and Ringo's, you know, people got him rated as the number one quarterback coming out of, of this class. So you, you got two of the best here. And, and as you mentioned, Johnson, the big plays, you know, that he's been able to have, he, they got to be able to make it against Georgia this week. Um, you know, they, they got to be able to hit some deep shots, you know, keep them honest, open up that running game. And, and Johnson's been, you know, a freak this year offensively. You know, he's been Duggan's favorite target. He's going to have to play well, you know, and it's going to be a big test for him against Ringo. And then my third one is TCU. They just got to continue to answer. They got to continue to just um, find ways to win. You know, early on that fourth and goal stop that they had, you know, they they forced they, they forced a fumble at the one-yard line, you know, and then every time it looked like, you know, Michigan took was about to take control, it was either offense or defense stepped up and had a big answer. That's what they've done all year. You know, and the thing is, too, Ohio State played a nearly perfect, you know, played a nearly perfect game on Saturday night, and they still lost. And, I, you know, Ohio State's got more talent than TCU. TCU's going to have to find a way to, um, you know, just kind of contain Georgia, find a way when they can to capitalize off of some opportunities. Um, and those are my three keys for the Horn Frogs to try to knock off Georgia. So my keys for Georgia are number one, get the run game going, get the run game, get that run game going because it is one of the best run games in the country. If they're able to run the football, Georgia on Monday night, I don't see TCU. I, I see them getting into the thirties. If they can run the ball, they're getting into the thirties. That's going to open up play action. And it's going to, it's going to set things up for Stenson Bennett and Brock Bowers. I think they can get that, that run game going. I think they, 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 they is definitely going to get into the thirties. Number two, they need to limit the production with Quentin Johnson. You talked about the matchup with Ringo. Ringo against Johnston is going to be the best matchup in this game. It's going to be the best matchup in this game. And, and, and whoever wins that matchup could, could very easily win this game. So they need to limit the production. I, I would I'd put Ringo on Johnston. If I'm, I'm if I'm Georgia, like Ohio State didn't put Ringo on a, 
on Harrison the whole game because Ringo had some trouble with him, and Ohio State has more is more deep at receiver. TCU is not as deep at receiver. I am sticking Ringo on Johnson all game long and making Max Duggan meet, beat me with with somebody else. Even though I think Max Johnson, Max Duggan should target him anyways. I am letting I am I am forcing Max Duggan to meet me to beat me with with somebody else. So so that 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 that's the biggest matchup in the game, and Georgia definitely has to contain uh, Quentin Johnson. Third, Bennett can't Bennett can't make mistakes. Bennett made a big mistake uh, in in the game against Ohio State, and it cost him seven points. If Bennett doesn't make mistakes in this game, I think Georgia is definitely winning this game. So if they're able to run the ball and Bennett doesn't turn the ball over, I think they're getting at least the thirties. And I and I and I do think that I do think they're winning the game. Justin, your keys for Georgia. Yeah, my number one is is that as you mentioned, that secondary is going to play better. You know, when Nolan Smith went out in that second half of the LSU game, that's when LSU started to have some success offensively. We saw Ohio State really tear that up. You know, and again, Nolan Smith is probably going to be a number one uh, or a first round pick in, in this upcoming draft. You know, he, he so it, it's been a tough loss, and they've really missed his you know leadership on the field. Again, you know, and you know, Georgia, the deep ball's kind of been their kryptonite at times. TCU leads the nation with 13 completions of 50 yards or more. Um, so that that that's a big thing. You know, Georgia's got to kind of limit that this week. Their secondary's got to play well. And yeah, Ringo kind of starts with that. He he did struggle a bit um against Harrison. Yeah, they kind of moved him around. And he's got to play against a guy that in Johnson who's kind of be even bigger and more physical than him. Um, so that, that you know, Georgia's secondary's got to play better. And then number two for me is Georgia's. It's Georgia's defensive line. They got to win the battle up front against TCU. They got to get pressure on Duggan. They got to. Um, they got to make them one dimensional. If they can kind of stop that rushing game, um, you know, if they can start kind of, you know, doing some different things, you know, um, defensively with some blitzes and all that. Because Ohio State didn't really run the ball great. They did it enough where it kind of kept Georgia off balance for a little bit. But if they if they can't keep Georgia's defense off balance, um, you know they're, they're going to be in trouble. And my third one, the other one you had was was run the football. And um, I'll I'll even go kind of separate. Run the football early for whatever reason. Michigan just didn't seem like Michigan really prepared much at all for that game. I think Mich- Michigan maybe thought that they could go in there with their C game and knock those guys knock off TCU because um, they kind of waited a little bit to run the football later on into the second half and they just a little bit too late for him. Um, you know, if Georgia, if Georgia can run the football early against them and they can, you know, use play action, they may not have Darnell Washington, you know, in this game, which hurts at tight end, but they still got Brock Bowers. You know, he's going to be a tough match for that defense. So if Georgia can run the football early, keep TCU kind of guessing. Um, and especially that means, you know, it, that means, you know, TCU may not be able to blitz winters or um, Horton that, you know, the, you, you know, that and that would be huge because those two have really been playing well lately. So I think for Georgia to run the football is going to be crucial against TCU. Yeah, it, it, it definitely will. It absolutely will. So now we're going to go to our prediction and, and I'll start. And uh, I think this is a game where I think TC Georgia will have success running the ball. I, I think they will. I think I think that, that, that TCU is going to have trouble stopping uh, Georgia. But I do think TCU will have success on offense. I do think they, they get the ball to Quentin Johnson. I do think that, that Duggan, he tests uh, – Ringo and I think I think they win a couple times when they test them. I think the difference though in the game is going to be I think Georgia's going to stop the run and I do think that uh, t- that uh, TC Georgia's going to be able to run the ball. I think that's going to be the biggest difference in the game. I do think both quarterbacks are going to play pretty well, but I think and I think the game's going to be competitive for at least a half. But 
in this getting getting late into the third quarter into the fourth quarter, I think Duggan's going to make a key mistake, and I think Georgia's going to capitalize. And that's why I got Georgia winning their second straight national championship, beating TCU thirty-one to twenty. But Justin, can TCU shock the world on Monday night? Uh, unfortunately, I, I don't think they will. I got Georgia thirty-four to twenty-four. I just think Georgia, as you, I, you know, again, they did a great job against Michigan. They kind of proved everybody wrong. But Georgia, I think it's just going to be a little bit too much. I don't think Georgia is going to shoot themselves in the foot as much as Michigan did. Um, I don't think Michigan's, a, you know, I felt like Michigan was just kind of unprepared, I felt like, in that game. Um, and I don't think Georgia is going to take them lightly. You know, I think TCU is going to keep this thing interesting, but I just – I think that Georgia's defense is going to be able to do enough. Um, you know, they do make – they do get a crucial turnover – you know, I don't think TC is going to have a lot of success on the ground this week. And I think Johnson does make a couple of big plays, but I just don't think it's enough. And I think TC's defense struggles against that Georgia rushing attack. And I, I think that's why in Georgia controls the game up front. Yeah, yes, yes. I, I, th- I think that's what happens. And it should be a very, very interesting game on, uh, on, on Monday night. We'll definitely be recapping it next week. So that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ. For Justin Anafrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking Wild Card Weekend and recapping the National Championship game. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones had first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to me. Taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Man. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.